Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Fern and Renee Mathis. Whatever your age or stage, we hope these conversations draw you into the joy of learning and dwelling at home. All right, we have been looking forward to this day for many months, and we're really happy to finally be here together to start our conversations about all things homeschooling. So when I say all things, I mean all things. So over the next few months, we're excited to chat about some tried and true topics of homeschooling, like curriculum or scheduling, but also big picture conversations. Like what does it mean to flourish at home? Building friendships, faith, mentoring, beauty, and finding joy, and through the lens of a classical education. So whether this is your first year homeschooling, or maybe you've been homeschooling for several decades, we hope you find some goodness and hope in these shared conversations. The three of us live in three different time zones, and we also find ourselves in different seasons of life from each other. But like you, we all hold this in common. We have a very deep love for our families, and we believe that education should draw us and our children up to love the good, true, and beautiful. Right, this is our very first podcast together. So we just want to spend a few minutes chatting about some things that we love and a bit of our history and maybe our hopes for our times together. I think you'll get to know us a little, but we would also love to get to know you a little bit more too. Uh, Maybe you can jump on over to our Dwell Facebook page, take a minute, introduce yourself. If you're a new listener, welcome. And we really want to hear your story. If you've been around Cersei for a long while, just Join the party and tell us all about yourself. So just jump on the Facebook group and tell us your story. All right, if you've been around Cersei for more than a minute, you're probably already friends with Karen Kern. And if you've been lucky enough to get to join in on the Cersei apprenticeship or listen to talks put out by Cersei, you may have had the chance to get to know Renee Mathis. And at this point, I could give you a really lovely bio and introduction for both of these accomplished homeschool mamas and I'm sure you'd be really impressed. But we are not here to impress anyone, but to learn and to grow together. So I'm just gonna skip all that. And we're gonna jump right into getting to know each other 
So Karen and Renee, hi. Hello. Hey, Emily. Good to be here. So great to be here with you. I love that we're here together, here together in three different time zones. That is definitely here together. Um, But (laughs) as we're all just getting to know each other, and I just would love for you to jump in a little bit and tell us about yourselves. So Karen, you want to start us off? Maybe tell us about your family, your kids, where you live. Yep. First, I want to say thank you to Emily for um, hosting this. I think it's wonderful you bring your youth and your zest and your enthusiasm to the table and to Renee for um, being the grandmother um, with me. And we get to talk about the way that we used to do it, the way we wished we could have done it um, and what our grandchildren are doing. And so I just I just love that the three of us are doing this together. Um, so I am Karen and we live in North Carolina in Concord and uh, we um, run the Circe Institute. Andrew is my husband and we have five grown children. Um, briefly, they are David. And if you've been around Cersei or you listen to any of the podcasts, you probably have heard him. Um, he is married to Bethany. He, they have four children. And we have Matthew. Matthew is the second born. And Matt also works for Cersei. He is an event planner and he does backroom things like customer service. He also has a master's in in counseling. So he's a counselor on the side. He is engaged to Renee, getting married next July. And then we have Katie or Katerina, who has recently returned from Uganda, spent five years teaching there. And um, she is a teacher at Belmont Abbey College. And she does uh, classes also for Cersei, uh, six weeks intensive and such. And then Larissa lives in town here. She has two little girls, Serafina and Anastasia, and she is actually an apprentice this year. So that's exciting. And she does the morning gathering. And um, then Andrew John is our youngest. He's a teacher in Florida uh, at a classical charter school. So that's me. And that's, that's us. I taught 12 years in a classical school. I taught third grade and we homeschooled and and now I'm part-time with Cersei and just taking care of grandchildren and all the things that goes on at, that go on at my house. Which is a, from the stories I hear, is a lot of things going on at your house all, <laughs> all the time. So if any of you just show up on Karen's doorstep, she will open the door and invite you in and you will be welcome. So I love that. And I love hearing... And this is what I'm excited about having these conversations. Someone who has made it through and homeschooling does, it does have a bit middle and a beginning. I don't think it has an end. I think you just keep going on that. And Renee, you kind of have a, a little similar beginning, middle and keeping going. Tell us about yourself. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, it's good to see you see you virtually um, and to be able to get to know you. And I agree, Karen is a wonderful hostess and I've been on the receiving end of her lovely hospitality. And so um, I just can't think of a, a more fun group to hang out with. I'm Renee, married to Steve, and we are entering a kind of a new exciting chapter in our life. We just recently, as in last week, moved here to rural Louisiana. Um, we're outside of the uh, the town of Alexandria, so right in the middle of Louisiana, we're out in the country. There are cows across the street, horses to the left of us, and uh, lovely bales of hay to the right of us. And 
currently we are living with my parents. That's an adventure. Um, while we get started on building our new house. And so Steve has recently retired and, and here we are. Um, we lived in Houston for 38 years and had five children there and they're now all grown. We homeschooled from the very beginning and I don't know if I wanna say successfully made it all the way through. We definitely had our ups and downs, but we did make it all the way through. So I, I do count that as a, as a blessing from the Lord. Um, Let's see. I also have five kids, um, like Karen, and so our oldest, Kyle, is married in Houston. He works for an advertising agency, and he and Jamie have three wonderful, precious little boys who are growing quickly into big boys. And then um, next is Katie, who's married to Josh, and they live in Jackson, Tennessee, where Josh is a professional counselor, family therapist, and um, he and Katie, they homeschool their five children. So those are our eight grandchildren. They're wonderful. It's great being a grandmommy. Next is Kevin, who is single. He lives in Colorado, where he builds custom furniture. And then next is Kristen. And she and her husband recently moved to Louisiana as well. And we didn't all plan this. It just happened. And uh, But we're so excited. They're 90 minutes down the road from us now. And so I can hop in the car like I did Monday. And, and we had a mother-daughter date. And it was absolutely delightful. And I'm going to throw that quick little plug in there. Homeschooling kids grow up to be some of your most wonderful friends. And so um, we're enjoying the fruits of that. And um, last but not least is Kelsey. She lives in Nashville where she is a baker. And we love visiting with her and exploring parts of that city. We have a lot of fun with that. Um, so in addition to homeschooling my own kids, um, I was a writing and literature teacher in Houston and helped administer a homeschool um, tutorial in West Houston and Northwest Houston, and um, also one of the head mentors for the Cersei Apprenticeship, so I get to teach teachers. So even though I'm quote-unquote retired from the classroom, I'm still involved um, with teacher training and, and just loving on this precious group of teachers that, that come my way through the apprenticeship. And I think that's about, oh, and I uh, recently um, enrolled part-time in seminary, so Birmingham Theological Seminary, where I'm pursuing a master's in public theology. So I am back to writing papers and reading textbooks and taking lecture notes, and it's a lot of fun. So that's what's keeping me busy these days. Oh, it sounds like you have one or two things going on in your life right now, and I on a rabbit trail, I'm going to need to hear more about Kelsey the Baker because I have a kid who's interested in being a baker. So this is one of the things that I love about learning from those who have gone before um, is that you can kind of pick yeah. up things with, with some questions, which hopefully we're going to be able to do. Um, and just really quick on me, my name is Emily and I live in Colorado and I have four sweet kids, a boy who is 15, Caden. Miette, who is 13, you know, when your kids are younger, you say ages. When your kids are older, you stop saying ages. Have you noticed that? <laughs> um, another girl, Ellis, who is 11, almost 12. And then the baby of the family, Eleanor, who will turn 10 this month, which I can't believe I have a baby going into double digits. So that, oh. like, what is happening right now? My kids are getting big. Um, so the, the baby and the toddler years are not too far from uh, my heart and mind at this point. Um, my mom was homeschooled. I was homeschooled all the way through. I homeschool, so third generation homeschooling. Um, 
I absolutely love it. And I would love to hear from you since we're all homeschool moms, like why homeschooling? Because of COVID and all that, homeschooling is like super popular right now. But when you chose to homeschool, it wasn't as it wasn't as a popular decision. So what sparked that in you that yes, we're going to homeschool our kids and, um, and why classical education? I'll jump in. Okay, go. I um we I wanted to homeschool from the time that David was a toddler. I think I read one of the very few books that was out at the time. I don't remember what it was even called, but um I didn't really know anybody that was doing it personally, but I thought we could if you can educate the whole child um, make education part of your life instead of something that they do in another building somewhere else with somebody else. Why wouldn't we do that? Like, why wouldn't we just make education be part of our whole life and and involve and make the spiritual part of education as real as math? You know, it just made so much sense to me, although I didn't know anybody who was doing it at the time. And then the classical education part, um, that happened when Andrew had been Andrew had been studying medieval medieval life and education and heard about the trivium and thought why why don't what is this why don't we use this anymore and I think that his his um, research into that led us to classical education and and then once you find out about that there's no turning back you don't really have a choice that is absolutely <laughs> true over my story oh Renee how about you how did you decide to homeschool well, um, I always had really good memories of school, and my mom, I remember her teaching me to read when I was about four, and so the idea that, you know, a parent can teach their child, that didn't seem that, that foreign or strange to me, and, and when our oldest was five, um, I remember going to visit the local elementary school, and for a lot of different reasons, just said, no, I just can't see putting my child in this particular environment, um, and being a one-income family, private school was absolutely not an option for us. Um, so I thought, well, how bad can I ruin one kid in kindergarten? <laughs> I think I can get him through kindergarten and then we'll take it year by year after that. And I was fortunate to be in a church with some, some wonderful, truly homeschool pioneers in the state of Texas. Um, there's a famous homeschool court decision in, in Texas where the homeschoolers went on the offensive and sued the state board of education and said, we are, we are legal. We're not doing anything wrong and you can't stop us. And I was going to church with those families. And so we had a very strong support system. So I was very fortunate to have that from the very beginning. Um, as far as classical education, Funny story about that is I started um, part-time writing curriculum reviews for um, Mary Pride and her big book of home learning. And she would send me anything and everything that had to do with education and teaching, which was wonderful because I didn't have a teaching degree, but I wanted to be the best teacher I could. And so that was a great way for me to learn more. And one of the little books she sent me to review one time was by this guy named Andrew Kern, who had written a book with Jean Veith on what is classical education. And so that's how I got to know who the name Andrew Kern and Cersei, maybe Cersei wasn't even around by then. I'm not sure. But that's where I heard about classical education. And it, it like you said, once that door is open, you can't go back. How about you, Emily? I, know, I think we're just going to blame Andrew and Karen for drawing <laughs> us into the classical ed here. Um, no, I actually do remember the days when I was a kid and during, you know, breaks during homeschooling, my mom would be like, hey, don't be too public out there in the front yard. You don't want the truancy officer to come by and I see you out there. 
Um, that was when homeschooling was not in vogue. Um, but I am like, I love how times have changed on that and how um, homeschooling is just, it, it's a beautiful offering and becoming like very popular now. And I, I absolutely love that. Um, I always knew I wanted to homeschool my kids. I always said, I love teaching. I have kids. It's a match made in heaven. I was meant to do this. Um, but as far as classical ed goes, yes, once you are introduced to it, it's like a whole new world opening up a very, like a very deep and um, weighty world, like a, a, like a magical world. I really view it like that. It's like a door into another world, maybe a little Narnia-ish there. And yes, thanks to the currents for that. Uh, my husband actually, for Valentine's Day one year, gave me the gift of going to the Cersei conference never heard of it before in my life. He saw it in some random magazine. He was like, a conference on education. I bet my wife would love that. And so I, I think it was in Baltimore then. So I went out to Baltimore and there's some, you know, have some funny stories on homeschool mom in Baltimore. And, you know, <laughs> I remember that. Okay, and I was like, what am I yes, here? <laughs> um, and anyway, I, I had some great conversations with some people. It's like, hey, what should I do? Gave me some books to read and and it all just kind of came from that. And as you get going, um, the story deepens and you read more and you talk more with other people. Um, and then here you find yourself. And so I, I see a lot of overlapping threads even between us. Um, but as we, I'm, I'm still in the trenches of like, homeschooling high schoolers and younger kids. Um, but during your early years of homeschooling, when you had maybe some littles or even into the middle school and high school years, like, what were some of the things that shaped the way you taught your children? I don't I mean, it doesn't sound like any of us are from conventional classroom teaching background, but here we all ended up teaching our kids along the way what shaped that in you, Renee? Um, one thing I was—I'm very fortunate to uh, to have a husband that was extremely on board with what we were doing, and so any you know when when things went well, I have to say, Steve, it was just amazing and wonderful. Um, so having the confidence to to do that and having him as a leader provide that long-term, big-picture view really made a difference. You know, to have someone say. Yeah, so today was a bad day. That's okay. It's going to be a good year. You know, we, we're, getting, we're looking at the big picture view here. That made a big difference. Um, and I confess, I'm a curriculum junkie. I think we tried just about every approach out there over the first few years. Some worked pretty well. Some were catastrophic failures. Um, just a total mismatch between teaching style, learning style, you name it. But we always had good books in the house, and I feel like no matter what, we would we would read good books together. And um, so, I think you can't go wrong as long as you're reading reading good and wonderful books. Karen, what about you? Um, I would agree. I was that was my first thought was the chance to read wonderful books together and to have the time to do it. And um, the the shaping I think comes from making it your whole life, which I guess for us, because it's also Andrew's career, it really the pursuit of classical education really is our our whole life. Um, so I don't really know how to answer the question of shaping, except to say that it was what it was what we did, what, what, who we are. I don't 
I don't really know how to get more particular. Maybe that is what shapes us more than anything else, right? That's just, that is so formative. It's, it's the books we read. It's the life that we live together and that's so formative of our own kids. Um, all right. Lest everyone think we only talk about serious things. I have a couple questions for you. I'd love to hear from you. Just kind of a little get to know you. And I ask this question all the time because I actually just really love hearing what people have to say on this. So Karen, besides being a homeschool mom, which I know of course is everyone's dream job, but next dream job from that, if you could have any job in the world, what would it be? That's so fascinating because when I was a little girl, all I wanted to be was a teacher. And that's what I did when I went to college. I became a teacher. And and yet I think, what would my real dream job be? Well, the other job that I really kind of wanted to be when I was a little girl was a nurse. Because I remember when my grandma being in the hospital, I would I would hear the nurse's soft shoes on the floor come come down and come in the room and she would have a really nice uniform and she would get to wear a stethoscope and carry a clipboard. And I thought, oh, I could be a nurse. But then when I was in high school, I realized if I really wanted to go to university and be a nurse, I was going to have to take grade 13, biology and chemistry. I thought, well, there goes the idea of being a nurse. <laughs> because I just didn't think I was going to be able to get there. In you know, But I still think, oh, I, I would have liked to have maybe been a nurse or maybe a florist because I love flowers. That's... Those are the only two things I could think of. In some ways, I think you have, I mean, maybe you're not a medical nurse, but (laughs) you act the nurse of people's hearts. So you're actually very good at that. Oh, thank you. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Renee, what about you? Dream job. Oh, boy. Um, Well, when I was in college, one of the most fun things I got to do was work as an assistant in a cooking school. And I would sit there and, you know, kind of be the little behind the scenes elf that would clean things up and set things out. And and I always thought it would be so fun to have my own cooking school. I love to cook. Um, maybe I could combine the cooking school with a little bookstore that only sells cookbooks. And then we'd have a little cafe in there and I could bake for people. <laughs> Because I, there's, you know, the two things I love, I love cooking for people, but I also love telling people, hey, I just found the best recipe for buttermilk biscuits. And, and you have to try these buttermilk biscuits because they're, they're perfect and they work and they're wonderful. So yeah, some combination of all that would be great. Yeah. Well, can we do an entire podcast and you talk about cooking, no, cooking and mom? Because I feel like that's kind of a thing. I know there's people who love that out there, but I'm just going to put it out there right now on the very first podcast. Cooking is not my gifting. My family does eat, so somehow we make it happen, but I probably could. I have had some really delicious meals at your house, so you do cook very well. And your daughter is a great baker. I know. She really... She really yeah. is actually. That's yeah. why I'm living vicariously through her. Like, please learn to cook so you will cook me out of the job. Yeah. That's my plan because my dream job is definitely not cooking or baking. My dream job is to live in a little shack by the sea and write poetry. I'm not sure exactly how you go about making that happen. It may stay a dream. That's all right. We'll get out there as a dream live by the sea and write poetry for the rest of my life. It sounds really beautiful. So, um, okay. 
I would love just, I, I was kind of thinking of some of these fun questions and funny questions. And um, one of, I, I think when you start a conversation among homeschool moms, which we've all done, we all, you know, you get together with some friends who are homeschoolers or you meet some new homeschoolers and you kind of jump into like, hey, what curriculum are you using? Or what is your kid doing? And it can turn into this, maybe not always, maybe it's only like the beautiful side of homeschooling, which I hope we have lots of conversations about that. But tell me a memory of a homeschool disaster that you've had. Karen, any homeschool disasters? Well, I couldn't, I had plenty, so many, but I couldn't think of anything in particular, but I can think of like a homeschool disaster year. (laughs) Well, one day of the week, one day of the week, every year was a disaster. And that was a Thursday afternoon, every Thursday afternoon, day, all day of the year when um, it was probably 2000 and. 2002 or 2003, 2004. Um, And those were Thursdays were just the worst days because I had to take the two older boys to their co-op in the morning. And then before lunch, I had to take Katie to her babysitting. And then I had to um, pick up the boys from their co-op, pick up the girls from Katie from babysitting, take the boys to football, take the girls to dance, pick up the girls from dance, pick up the boys from football. And I felt like I was in the car all day long. Nobody got taught anything by me. And uh, I might have made dinner. I might not have made dinner. And I remember at the end of the day, those days being so, so tired. And so that, the, I, when I look back on the hard times of homeschooling. I just think of feeling like I'm not getting anything done and driving everybody everywhere. But it, it's all done now, right? They're all they're all doing that now with, well, David's doing that with his kids now. And maybe it, wasn't, busy, busy, busy. And maybe it wasn't as big a disaster as it probably felt at the time. Renee, you have any disaster stories? The one that comes to mind, my, my middle daughter is an animal lover of the highest degree. You know, there, there are those kids that just seem to have that connection with little four-legged creatures. And, and she's one. And um, she was the one who loved, loved, and t- took care of our, our big Labrador, Nestle. He was a chocolate lab, as you can imagine. And um, one day she was reading um, Where the Red Fern Grows. And she was in my class at the time. I was teaching her. She was in my co-op class, and we were, you know, eighth grade literature, seventh grade literature, I think, seventh. And uh, so she's in seventh grade. And I totally neglected to prepare her in any way, shape, or form what was coming at the end of that book. And if if you've read Where the Red Fern Grows, um, I don't want to, if you haven't, I don't want to spoil it for you. But (laughs) I think it's a beautiful story of, of a boy and his dogs. And it also illustrates, you know, God working all things together for good. When you get to the end of the story, that happens. But there is, there's a real tear jerking moment in there. And I didn't prepare her for it. And all of a sudden I heard great wailing sobs from upstairs. And I knew right away what had happened. I thought, oh, oh, she got to that part. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> she came downstairs. It was not quiet weeping. It was it was very loud wailing and sobbing. And I felt terrible. And just one of those mom failure moments where you think, how could I put my child through this? I'm the worst mother in the world. And I said, honey, come, come get on the couch with me. And I'm, I'm going to, let's read it out loud. We'll, we'll get through this together, but I'll read it to you. 
And she's like, okay, okay. Snip, snip, snip. She sits on the couch and she shows me the book. And again, if you've read the book, you know there are not one, but two very heartbreaking moments in the, Where the Red Fern Grows. And then I realized, oh dear, she's only gotten through the first one. We have one more yet to go. So, so the two of us sat on that couch and we read and we cried. And by the end of it, our 80 pound Labrador had climbed up onto the couch with us and was in her lap and she's crying and he's licking her face and I'm sobbing because I feel like the worst mother in the world, but, but we got through it and we still love each other. And I still love that book. <laughs> so, you know, there, there will be those days when it kind of all comes crashing down around you and, and, you persevere and carry on. I have an animal lover daughter who had a very similar encounter with that book. And yeah, she said, I've only cried over two books in my whole life. They're both animal books. So that just tells me every child has a different love and a different passion. Um, my disasters are always when I try to multitask. So anytime I'm trying to decide to teach math, full laundry and cook at the same time, 100% of the time that turns into a disaster. Um, but I love the, the, the redemption that comes out of that. Disaster doesn't have to stay a disaster. Um, all right, so kind of to wrap that up and to get to know you, then disasters do happen. Sometimes there's an emergency. Sometimes there's a lot of driving around, but what would, it, what would you say is your peace place? What is the place that you feel like, this is when I'm at rest, with friends, at church, in nature, alone with a book, whatever. No, no, no. Karen, what is your peace place? Um, so in my house, I have my favorite chair and um, my books on a table and a lamp and our icons on the wall. And we had, we had, it, it's supposed, this room is supposed to be a dining room, but once we started at high chairs and more people are on the table, we had to just take our table out of that room and move it into our more formal living room and make this old dining room a sitting room. So I have a small, small sitting room and I, I just love being in there and I can just sit down in my comfy chair and pick up a book or you know, um, and I immediately feel at peace. And if I have tea or coffee, it makes it even better. Um, but I just, I love to be in that, in that space. Yeah. Renee, what about you? I feel a little homeless at the moment, to be honest. I, I don't have, mm -hmm. I don't have one right now. Um, I, I'm missing my comfy chair in my old house mm. and we're living out of a few boxes right now. So we'll have to circle back around and you can ask me this later. <laughs> oh, it's funny how there's those seasons of life that you either have like an actual physical place or maybe it is. I think it's so important to have a peace place. And it, like what it sounds like, you're like, hey, I need to find a peace place. But there are seasons that it's not always like a physical place for sure. Mm -hmm. We just recently moved out to the country and it has become that place for me. We have a big, huge field out back of our house and we love to sit out on the back porch um, and just enjoy the, the sun sinking over uh, the Rocky Mountains and uh, I would say breeze, but it's probably a wind, the strong wind coming in over the field. And I think for a homeschool mom, it's important to find those places of peace, whether that is with your children, in your marriage, at church, in nature, and I really, I've loved like just hearing 
about you guys a little bit. I didn't know any of these things. Um, like I said, if you're listening, we'd love to hear your homeschool story, um, where you live, how many kids you have, how you encountered classical education. Um, we do want to jump into why did we choose the name Dwell and what was the meaning behind it and what was the purpose, kind of where we're going with this podcast. And we are going to jump into that and we'll probably join you next time to discuss um, what does it mean to dwell? What does that have to do with homeschooling and home? Um, but Renee and Karen, it's been so fun to hear from you and get to know you. And I look forward to our time together. Thank you, Emily. Nice to see you too. All right. Thank you. This is going to be good. I know it is. All right. Thanks for joining us. And here's to home. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.